Start early, fail, 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 and fail some more. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guest, I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. The founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and um, well, I hope you're having a best ever day. We have a wonderful best ever guest who is all about new construction and sharing his insights on his popular YouTube channel as well. Um, with us today, we have Avi Gohar. How you doing, Avi? Fantastic, Joe. How are you? Doing very well and um, looking forward to our conversation. You are the managing partner at Summit and Crown Partners, which is an Atlanta-based real estate investment firm. Um, he focuses on value-add deals, whether it's uh, renovation or new construction. He currently has 35 new construction deals uh, in motion right now in Atlanta, across two markets, Atlanta and Charlotte, and he's expanding into other markets. He's the host of Real Estate, Real Estate Deal Talk on YouTube. Um, and, uh, he, he apparently is, his nickname, uh, people call him abs of steel. Um, so if this was a video format podcast then we, we'd have to, uh, we'd have, we have to see why you're called abs of steel. Um, so with that being said, uh, since it is a podcast, we're going to do audio. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a new YouTube video that you need to do. You know what? I think I should just do all my YouTube videos with my shirt off. It, it, it would, it, it would give me an excuse to take my shirt off. I think, I think my mom that would be watching that would be very impressed. Are you are you one of those guys? I, I could be one. Hey, listen, so <laughs> I can I can be whoever you want me to be. <laughs> well, I, I want you to be the new construction expert. We'll go with that. With abs of steel, we'll just uh, t- take that as a side note. New construction <laughs> expert. Um, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on. Absolutely. Um, so I started investing in real estate in about 2003 while I was still in college. Had a lot, a lot of failures back then. It's always interesting how most of those stories start that way. And really, 
my my background is in electrical engineering. So I went to school for electrical engineering. And during this time, I thought to myself, wow, I mean, life has to be better. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I knew that the path I was going to take was going to be graduate from college, then get a job. I mean, everything you've heard from the rich dad, uh, poor dad uh, novels. And when you read um, when you read that book, that's exactly what it's exactly what he says. And the majority of individuals will go to school, get a good job and then earn their way until they're paid out a pension, et cetera, et cetera. And I just didn't, I felt like Neo in the Matrix, which is kind of weird. I knew that there was something more to this world and I felt the itch to learn what it was. And that's what I felt like in 2002, 2003, until until I just started investing in real estate. And my background wasn't even this. I had no idea what I was doing, completely wet behind the ears. I hadn't really even read a book until one of my um, until one of my college classmates, he said, "Listen, man, you just failed your first semester at, at Michigan. You need to read this book. Maybe it's a pick me up." And he gave me Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I said, "Okay, this is pretty cool." And that's where my journey started. It started from one book led to another book, led to another book, led to hmm, maybe I should talk to a real estate attorney, or hmm, maybe I should consider getting a mentor to my failure of a real estate experience in inner city Detroit. Luckily, I didn't get shot, so that was awesome. Um, And I'm sure we'll get into it more, but that was the beginning of what is now, uh, or what has been a 12, 13 year growth in the real estate world and understanding how to make real estate a business and not just a property by property brain attack of renovation or new construction, but really building a team around what you have and scaling that from one city to another city in different states. I I love how you phrase it, uh, creating a business and not not a property by property brain attack. Uh, because that's certainly what it what it could be and and is if you don't have the the systems in place. Um, I I want to get back to the systems in place and scaling it. Um, but first, I I want to ask you about how you your first property where you left off is you were at Michigan. You had just failed a class. You read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh, how did you get into your first deal? So at the time, I had an individual that said, you know what, you want to get into the game, let's get into the game. And being naive and just an idiot, I ended up trusting the wrong individuals in making decisions about buying property. So I said, okay, let's give it a shot. I had no idea. All I knew is I wanted to be part of this game. And at that point in time, I had a belief that I still have today, but it's a little bit more of a refined belief in that you're either playing the game or you're being played by it. And I didn't want to be played by the game. So I thought to myself, let's go ahead and, and, and enter. I ended up purchasing a, uh, purchasing a property in inner city Detroit. And I remember just, it, it's a pretty terrible story. <laughs> but I remember I got a call from my contractor after class one day and he said, listen, Avi, you need to you need to go and check out your property. And this was in the middle of winter. Uh, Michigan winters are terrible, a lot of snow. You can't drive without 
possibly getting into a car accident. And so I hop into my 1994 Honda Civic DX red, you know, it has zero wheel drive. The heater's not working. It's terrible rusted out car. It's probably a Flintstone car. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, it can't be bad at all. I mean, he's just calling to tell me that he's left a shop vac in the family room or somewhere in the house. I think it was in the family room for me and that I need to go clean up a couple things. Needless to say, I get to my property and by this time it's, it's snowing. It starts to snow as I leave Ann Arbor. It's, it's a full on blizzard by the time I get to Detroit and I walk in the door, I hear water running, I go to the basement and I am up to my knees in water. <laughs> like I'm, so I'm like five foot five. So really I'm probably up to my ears in water at this point, <laughs> but I, I had no idea what to do. I'm like, you know, I, 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 I can't lift a hammer, you know, I can't shovel or move this water from the basement outside. And so <clears throat> here I am inner city Detroit knocking on doors. This is what I had to, you know, this is what I had to do. Knock on doors, praying not to get shot, ask, begging for mercy and asking for help. And there was a super nice neighbor that says, you know what? I got you. No problem. Let's go ahead. Let's go to your basement and start moving some of this water, removing some of this water um, from your basement. I said, all right, that sounds good. After about two hours of laboring away tirelessly between the hours of midnight and 1 a.m., we see we see the water level isn't really going down. And then I kind of figured, crap, we didn't check to see where the leak would be coming from. <laughs> so here, here I am at 1.30 in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, left without options. The very kind neighbor went to sleep and um, I went to the second floor of this of this property and just cried and fell asleep because I, it, it was the most vulnerable. Did you really cry? I, I did. I, I, it, it was the most vulnerable I'd ever felt. I had, I had ever felt my parents had no idea I was investing in real estate. Um, hi mom. Hi. How much, how, how did you get the money to buy it? I had to take out a loan. I forced myself to wholesale a couple of deals. I took out a loan and that's how much was it? Oh boy. That's a good question. Of probably about one hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Uh, the loan was, or you, how much, or the amount of money that you put into it. Oh, I put in, I think, about twenty thousand, and then I had to take out an additional one seventy or one seventy five. And by take out, what do you mean? Oh, I'm sorry. I had to. It was a loan of one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars, and I put down twenty. Got it. Thank you. You yep. got it. Okay. So the purchase right. price was right around 195. Got it. Okay. So uh, you had your money. Uh, you had a loan. How did you get the twenty thousand? I was wholesaling deals back then. That's how okay. I started. I was buying and selling a bunch of notes, and I just I was able to raise cash that way. And so, what did you do when you woke up in the puddle of tears and in puddle of water? I moved on from the property. I had to let it go. It was a foreclosure. Got it. So you, it got foreclosed on. Yep. What What was your next deal? My next deal was a property, another property in in, uh, in Chicago. Uh, not Chicago. Why don't you say Chicago? I don't know where I got Chicago from. I it was on West Chicago Boulevard. That's why I'm saying Chicago. Mm. It was it was uh, in the historic district in Detroit. 
historic, I think, Boston Edison District or something Edison District in Detroit. This was in 2003. So, man, it's been a long time. And this was a full, full scale, full on renovation. And this was probably about the same size, um, about the same about the same dollar figure. And I raised the 20,000, 25,000 the exact same way, buying and selling notes. And this one also didn't end up the way that I wanted it to. It actually turned out to be a complete disaster. And luckily, I was able to get out of this one and wholesale this for nothing to another investor who then went ahead and uh, renovated it and then ended up selling it. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's number one and two. Usually with any good movie or story, you, you, you fail once, you fail twice, but the third time, boy, that third time's magical. Is the third time magical with you? No, it actually just gets worse. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like I'm Rocky and like Rocky just keeps keeps getting beat up and beat up and beat up, but he, he ends up winning. I don't I don't win. <laughs> like there's no winning for me. Um, so I started in 2003 and then I think I kept failing in both real estate and like I kept bouncing back and forth between investing in real estate and investing in businesses or starting a small business. And I just it was just a big failure. It was about five years of failing right up uh, right up until about 2000, late 2007, middle of 2008, where I started to find my stride. And that was a time when, so I moved from Ann Arbor, Michigan to Lincoln, Nebraska, where I, the, I was there for about a three-month period, and I thought to myself, you know, I really need to get a better grasp of this real estate stuff. And don't get me wrong, I think most people would have quit by now, but I was just relentless. I didn't care. I was just, I had this vision of doing more and being more and wanting more, and there was nothing that was going to stop me. And I'd moved to Lincoln, Nebraska literally with like $500 in my bank account, no way to pay for gas money to get out there, really. And I got out there. I started seeking mentors, and that's been a big thing for me, is always having mentors in my life, whether they were mentors that were not the right mentors at the time, or there were mentors that have been sensational. I've had both. I've, been, I've had great mentors and bad mentors, and you just learn from both. And that's always been my MO. So when I got to Lincoln, I sought a real estate mentor. He taught me the ropes. He taught me how to talk to sellers, how to knock on doors. And boy, was I super, I was super scared, man. I, I was super scared the first time I had to knock on a door. I froze and I didn't even know what to say. The seller with well, a homeowner, seller, but the homeowner just slammed the door in my face. They were laughing at me. And I thought to myself, well, this is great. <laughs> I so, Why'd you move to Lincoln? At that time, I was dating a girl, and I thought that things would work out. For love. Man, you know. You move for love. Oh, God. Okay. So, you, so you're so you in Lincoln. You're getting doors slammed in your face. Uh, what's the tipping? Well, uh, how are you? You said you had 500 bucks in your pocket. If you have for five years, I mean, it's one thing to um, trip and fall on your first deal, but if you're doing that for five years, uh, how are you able to put food on the table? I was doing two things. I was, one, getting in between these notes that I was able to find online and through the note network and stuff. Um, and these were just all, whether they're first lien or first liens or second liens or performing notes or non-performing notes, I was able to get between the seller and the buyer. So I, was, I figured that out pretty well. And 
that wasn't a whole, that wasn't a lot of revenue. That was probably, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month here, maybe a thousand, two thousand dollars a month there. And on top of that, I also found a, found a really unique way to find classic cars on Craigslist and put a marketing agreement in place and market those vehicles on eBay. And so I had a, I had two little niche businesses that I knew a lot about. And now if you ask me anything about a 67 Mustang Fastback, I could probably tell you. And so th that's what I was doing. I was just, fl I was flipping cars on eBay and I was moving these uh, mortgage notes to some buyers that I had at the time. Okay. And now you're in Lincoln. You got a, the door slammed in your face. What's the tipping point for you as a, as a real estate entrepreneur? Tipping point was, man, I think it was after I moved out of Lincoln to Winsville, Missouri. I spent about 10 months living rent-free with a very good friend of mine. And he said, I'm going to teach you the game. You need to wake up, smell the roses, and really understand what this is all about. And that's when I feel the majority of my education started. It was when I was in Winsville, I learned how to develop real estate. I learned how to have the right conversations. And that's when it really started to tumble in the way that I've always wanted it to. I didn't get a whole lot of deals done. I had to fail a little bit more, but it's kind of like a slingshot, right? I felt like I had to go backwards just enough and then you release the slingshot and what happens? You just pick up steam and you're able to compound your efforts and compound your work and compound your knowledge. And now I was compounding my money and stuff just started to work the way that I needed it to. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, had, I still had some ups and downs and ins and outs, but you work through that. And now my confidence was building more in myself. And that was the biggest thing. I had to prove myself that I was worthy and I had to prove to myself that this was even worth my time. Otherwise, I was giving up. I was pretty much throwing away my electrical engineering degree. So specifically, uh, you, you mentioned had to go backwards and then compound your efforts like a slingshot. Completely understand. Um, I think anybody who is in any endeavor who has uh, working knowledge and then they um, see that they've kind of maxed out their potential based on the knowledge that they have when they take a step back um, and then they relearn some things or acquire new skill. They, they, it, it takes a little bit, but then, um, then you just exponentially improve. What specifically were you doing? What type of strategy were you doing? Back then, just wholesaling. That's just wholesaling, okay. Just wholesaling until I got the courage because I was scared. You know, I was scared that I was going to end up like my previous self in Detroit <laughs> at that time. You know, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable in taking the risk. And so I had to start small and work my way back up to where I, would, I felt comfortable with the area and I really knew what was going on. Okay. And uh, once you got done, because you don't wholesale now, do you? No, I don't. No? Okay. So... Uh, at what point did you transition from wholesale to new construction? From wholesale to new construction, I did a lot of rehabs before I got to new construction. And so I'd like to say probably between 2008 and 2009, 2010, we did a lot of renovations and that continued to build my confidence. And then it was 2010, 2011, we started 
we started getting into the new construction game. Initially, it was just one or two at a time, two or three at a time. And then really over the last four, maybe three or four years, we've been able to churn out some pretty good product. And where are you based? You're in Atlanta. Yeah, yep. based. Yeah, you're you're in Atlanta. Um, you're 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 you have new construction, single family homes in different markets. Are they? Um, what price point are the single family homes? From a retail sales standpoint, anywhere between four fifty and six hundred. How do you transition from renovations to uh, new construction, and and what's the main difference? The main difference is time. Well, there are two of them: time and your team. Because in Atlanta, you can get a, you can do a new, you can do a renovation in probably about four to six months if you are new. You can take four to six months and get a renovation done if you are doing a renovation for the very first time. For new construction, it's not that much harder. It's really just longer. And your team changes. So instead of working with a general contractor and just knocking out a renovation, now you have to work with the city. It's a lot. It's a little bit of a longer process. You have to work with the city expediter. You have to get updates and red lines on what's good about your plan, what's bad about your plan. You have to come back, correct that, work with your architect, resubmit that to your expediter to have submitted to the city. Those are really the two things. You just have the little bit of a longer time because Atlanta now, you're looking at about a year, a 12-month period to complete a new construction project. And about four to six months of that is waiting for the city to give you a demo permit and a build permit. And what we've done, the strategy that now we've done, a little nugget uh, for those investing in Atlanta, is we don't demo until we have a build permit in place because a lot of people will have a demolition permit first and they'll go ahead and demo but sometimes the city will say, oh, well, you know, we'd like to have this part of the house still remain or this part of the foundation still remain. Then you kind of get a little, you know, then you have to justify to the city. Oh, well, we already demoed it, et cetera. Just a little gold nugget. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. it takes about 12 months to do a proper new construction deal in Atlanta and anywhere between four to six months in Atlanta for a renovation. But really, the mindset's the same. You just have to work with different team members and wait a little bit longer. And what are the potential returns, or the, not potential, but what are the average returns that you're seeing for renovation versus new construction? For renovation, we're looking at between between 17 and 18%. Uh, for renovation, between 25 and 28%. Got it. And do you, uh, with, I mean, you've got about three times according to your time frames for four to six months renovation and over a year for new construction on average. Yeah. Um, it could be three times more uh, longer for new construction, but it's not three times more, uh, return from a return. So how as, and but clearly you have a focus of new construction. Why is that? Great question. It's because of the saturation, I feel, that's occurring in Atlanta. And that's one of the reasons why we chose to expand to Charlotte. There are a lot of wholesalers in Atlanta, which is great. There's a lot of real estate activity in Atlanta. And what's interesting about real estate activity is all of a sudden you have an increased price point and an, in, and an increased expect, expectation from the seller that they know that they can get a higher price point in a specific neighborhood for a home. I'll give you an example. 
in the in late 2013, we purchased the property on Hosea Williams, which is in Kirkwood in East Atlanta. Great little neighborhood, great location. East Atlanta is on fire. Kirkwood, Old Fourth Ward, Grant Park, Inman Park, these areas are just incredible. If you can find property here, buy it. But to give you an example of the artificial appreciation that we're seeing in Atlanta, which which forces that kind of phantom increase in price and expectation is the following. In 2013, late 2013, November of 2013, we purchased a property on Hosea for $72,500. That was an existing structure on a pretty sizable uh, area of, uh, on a pretty sizable area of land. I can't remember uh, what the, what the acreage is. I think it was maybe about uh, a quarter of an acre. I'm sorry, less than that. That same opportunity for a teardown today you're looking at spending anywhere between $165,000 to $180,000 on an existing structure, teardown opportunity in Atlanta. And that's the problem. For us, when we see that phantom increase and when we see a unjustified reason, then we're looking elsewhere for opportunity. And that's why even for renovation, we're not interested in getting in a bidding war with, say, the average person to take down something that is bid up unnecessarily, and now we're forced to really tighten the screws on our renovation budget, one, not doing the house justice from a renovation standpoint, and then two, not doing the community justice because it's not really gonna help the valuation there either. And we're not going to make our profit margins, and our lender would probably say, okay, well, you're still paying us back, but you know, we had an expectation that it would sell for a certain amount, and it's not really selling for that amount. So that's why we started looking at different areas, and that's why we're only really focused on new construction. And now that new construction is becoming a little bit more commonplace in Atlanta, now we're looking at what properties can we buy that we can subdivide into either two parcels or three parcels on which we can either sell one parcel and build on the other two or sell two of the parcels and build on the third. And that's what we're doing in Atlanta now. We have about three or four of those specific types of projects where we've purchased an existing home. We're working with the city to go ahead and subdivide. Upon subdividing, we have an exit for one of the lots. We free up some liquidity and we can go ahead and build on the second or third lot. What indicator or data point or data points do you look at to identify what type of strategy you should take in a market? New home sales, new home sales, education, crime, flood zone, um, high power lines, just to name a few, railroad tracks. And also there's a, there's a piece of software called ArcGIS, A-R-C-G-I-S. And we have a programmer that takes all the information from the census, plots it on a, on a map of, say, Fulton County, and we get to see which areas have the most activity from a income standpoint, crime standpoint, population standpoint. And if you transition that and if you make that a animated picture, you can see where the population is headed next. And then it's just a matter of identifying the school systems in the path of progression that are going to get hot and starting to understand why those school systems are getting hot, why people are moving there and then making those necessary purchases. It's fascinating. Do you have an example of uh, a map like that that maybe you know, is, is it you've used in the past that you can share? 
Absolutely. I actually wrote a wrote an article about it for Private Lender. Uh, it's it's the magazine that AAPL puts out, and I use these maps in demonstrating examples. So absolutely, I'll be more than happy to send that to you. Yeah, if you email it to me, I'll put it up in the show notes page. I'd, I'd love to take a look at it, and I know the best ever listeners would as well. You got it. Not a problem. All right, my friend. What is the best real estate investing advice ever? Man, start early, fail, 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 and fail some more. You have to. And it's never too late to start early. I know that's kind of weird to say, but from a mindset standpoint, just start. If you ever have thoughts, if you've ever had thoughts about doing more, being more, having more income come in, being more from a financial standpoint, gaining more, now is the time to start. I know Tony Robbins says, he's, he always says, that I love saying this. He's like, when, do you, when is now a good time? When, yeah, when's now a good time? I love that. Yeah. I, right? <laughs> it's, it's perfect because if, you, if we wish to be somewhere, the only way that we're going to get there is to start. You have to. And also understand and be honest with yourself that anytime you're starting something new, you're going to fail. It's okay. It's not a problem. You're going to make mistakes, just like learning how to walk. And Tony Robbins says this too. He's like, how long are you going to give your baby, your average baby, time to walk until, you know, how long are you going to give them until they learn how to walk? Until you say, you know what, I'm definitely not going to have my baby walk anymore. We're just going to have, have, the, have the kid crawl for the rest of his or her life. You're not. This kid is going to try and it's, it, this kid is going to walk. It's going to be a must. Will the kid fall down? Sure. But you know what? You make those adjustments, you gain your balance, and you keep going. And that's what we're doing even today. Now, we make mistakes. I make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. But you know what? We learn from these mistakes, and we're better men and better women for it tomorrow. And that is the way that my team thinks even today. If we fail, that's okay. Let's keep pushing. Let's figure it out. Let's be solution-oriented. And when you're beginning, when you're just starting out, you're going to make more mistakes. But you know what? The reason that Bill Gates is Bill Gates is because he's failed more times than you. The reason that Richard Branson is Richard Branson today is because he's failed more times than anybody else imaginable. And that is and there's power in that. They they failed and they've also learned from those from those failures and and applied learnings accordingly and and then hit some hit some doubles and some home runs as well, right? Absolutely. You got it. Hit the nail right on the head. All right. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I am. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Would you like to invest in real estate while also living a balanced life? Well, yeah, that sounds nice, right? Go check out our best ever guest, Chad Carson's newsletter. And by the way, it's episode 457, really good episode. Um, He talks in his newsletter all about real estate, entrepreneurship, and life. Uh, So his website is coachcarson, C-O-A-C-H-C-A-R-S-O-N.com. And there's also a free investor toolkit as well at Coach Carson. Best ever book you've read? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Best ever personal growth experience. What'd you learn from it? I went to India with my dad and I learned how to view things from an outside perspective. Best ever deal you've done? There's so many. 
<laughs> now it's time to brag, my friend, because you've been, you've been beating yourself up this whole time. Well, best right. ever deal you've done. Best ever deal that I've done. Um, I'll name. I'll name one. That, uh, I'll name this one. Hosea Williams. Purchase price seventy two thousand five hundred. New construction build cost two hundred thousand. Sold four ninety. Okay, what are those numbers again? Seventy two five. Build cost two hundred. Sold four ninety. And there's actually another one too, which is bigger. Acquisition four hundred. New build at six seventy. And selling for one point five. This is something that we're currently building, though. We have not sold this yet. But that would Got be it. that would be the best deal that I've done. So acquisition, when you say acquisition, that's what it what to buy the land. Yes, that was to buy the existing structure at four hundred thousand uh-huh. to build a three floor, five bedroom, five and a half bathroom, six thousand square foot home for six hundred and seventy thousand. Mm-hmm. ARV one point five. Got it. How long from start to finish? Twelve months. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Podcasts. I love podcasts and just throwing out gold nuggets every day to people. That's really that's really my that's really my mo on Twitter. Love Twitter. Yeah, I, I see. I've been on your website and I've seen the YouTube videos. Um, is is that the podcast format, or do you also have a podcast? Um, that's kind of the podcast format. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So it's like a video video podcast YouTube thing. You got it. Cool. What is the biggest mistake you've made? In real estate, not trusting my instincts. And what what is the one circumstance when that happened? Or just I'm sure there's a couple, but what's just one of them? In Detroit, the mentor that I was working with at the time did not have my best interest in mind, and I failed to see that, even though the signs were clear. What what were some signs that were clear retrospectively? Not picking up my phone calls, not responding to my emails, um, not just not being there. Uh, you just you just get that feeling in your stomach and the pit of your stomach that you know that something is wrong and you just don't take action on it. And I just I just didn't take action on that. Were you paying that mentor? I was. How much? Two thousand a month. And how were you, that was coming from the fees from your uh, your classic car sales and your wholesaling note stuff? Yep. You got it. What's the best ever place for the best ever listeners to reach you? Twitter. Abby Golhar. All right, Abby. Well, this <laughs> I, I I've just enjoyed this conversation. I, I'm just soaking it all in. Uh, you are uh, just really, really a good number one, a good storyteller. Uh, number two, just great energy, and number three, I love the specific examples that you gave us. So your your YouTube channel is growing, and uh, it's got a lot of great videos for the best ever listeners. You can go check it out. Um, it's just abigolhar.com uh, you can go look at that and uh, what I what some of the things I took away from this I have, I have a whole lot of notes but some of them is the differences between renovation and new construction um, time and team the two main differences new construction uh, you know it, it varies but roughly about 12 months renovations take about four to six uh, you've got renovation returns on average of 17%. New construction returns 25%. And are you are you referring to cash on cash or is that internal rate of return? Cash on cash. Cash on cash. Okay. Um, and then the other thing, and this is, well, I guess two other points I want to make. One is the, uh, a, I wrote down ABE, ABE, always be evolving is what I wrote down. <laughs> 
<laughs> for you whenever you were talking because you you truly are evolving and kind of of taking different forms uh, as the the market shifts. You're shifting with it or shifting away from it into another market depending on what your strategy is. And I'm really excited to see that map that you're going to share with me and I'll, I'll uh, give a link to the best ever listeners in the show notes uh, so they can see the type of, of, of information that you have looked at in the past and to see really where the population is shifting based on certain trends, crime, education, population, railroad tracks, new home sales, and then essentially being one step or two steps ahead of, of where that, uh, that shift is, is happening. Um, just really interesting stuff. And then the third thing is, uh, I mean, it's clear your, your, your approach on um, just start early and then fail. And you uh, certainly are living and breathing example of starting early and then um, having some deals not go your way at all and literally crying um, in, in a, uh, a pool of probably your own tears and also with your toes in water from what's the result of you, know, you crying for. Uh, and, and then also, you know, just just learning from from that, and just continuing to uh, uh, surround yourself with the right people. And that's something that you mentioned that you're a big uh, proponent of is having mentors in place and knowing how to pick the right ones, and knowing in your gut if uh, if one's not working out, then you need to cut bait and, and go a different direction. So thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners, and I hope you have a best ever day. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate it. I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. The founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. Familiarize yourself with Matt and what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then fund that flips the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Would you like to invest in real estate while also living a balanced life? Well, yeah, that sounds nice, right? Go check out our best ever guest, Chad Carson's newsletter. And by the way, it's episodes 457, really good episode. Um, he talks in his newsletter all about real estate, entrepreneurship, and life. Uh, so his website is Coach Carson, C-O-A-C-H-C-A-R-S-O-N.com. And there's also a free investor toolkit as well at Coach Carson.